0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You know, the more and more I started getting overseas, being overseas, and, you know, I couldn't stop checking those NBA blogs to see who got picked up. And I, I man, that should be me. So I remember really calling Coach Romar and just like, man, the time is now. You know, I, I'm ready to, you know, transition into the to the other side.
1: That was Washington assistant men's basketball coach, Will Conroy. He was a standout at Garfield and UW and a professional before returning to his alma mater as an assistant coach. He's today's guest. Welcome to Dan Dickow's Quarantine Series on the Scorebook Live Today podcast. As the world, particularly the world of sports, is shut down due to the coronavirus, we're ramping things up a notch here at Scorebook Live. Every weekday, Dan interviews an expert in the world of sports, from star hoopers and coaches like Steve Kerr, Jamal Crawford, and Doug Christie to seven-time Mr. Olympia bodybuilder Phil Heath. We hope you're entertained and maybe learn a thing or two as we navigate these uncertain times. The easiest way to tune in is by subscribing. In addition to our weekly Washington High School Sports News and Conversation podcast released Thursdays, hosted by myself, Andy Bueller, fellow reporter Todd Millis, Dan is bringing you interviews just like this one delivered five days a week. Head to wherever you get your podcast, subscribe for free, and while you're there, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. Before we get to Dan's interview today, a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Washington Federal. Washington Federal is a local bank and portfolio lender with more than 200 branches across eight states, more than 32,000 fee-free ATMs, 24-7 online and mobile banking with drive-up ATMs. Washington Federal is a proud sponsor of Scorebook Live. They care deeply about high school sports and the communities that support them across the entire state of Washington. Head to WFDBank.com to learn how they can help you meet your financial goals. That's WAFDBank.com, Washington Federal, a neighbor you can count on. We hope everybody's staying safe and healthy. We're just as excited for high school sports to return as you are. Now, Dan Dickow.
2: Dick Alscorbic Live Washington continuing with our quarantine series where we have guests in the world of sports many times connected to the state of Washington uh, whether it's high school collegiate level or professionally uh, we try to bring you somebody with some experience and it could be an athlete a coach a front office executive today he was an athlete now he's a coach Um, none other than Will Conroy graduated from Garfield in 01 Had a tremendous career for the Huskies at UW, where he was their all-time assist leader. And he's currently on the bench with Coach Mike Hopkins, guiding the resurgence of the Husky program. So, Will, appreciate you joining us. How's everything in in the Seattle area these days?
0: Uh, Considering, man, everything. uh, You know, my family is safe and sound, so I can't complain. Um, Just ready to get back to work and back into the building and, and, you know, start coaching again.
2: Uh, start coaching again is right. Um, and, and I've seen you obviously as a player. Um, and I've seen you over the last couple of years as a coach. And one of the things that I've been most impressed with as I watch you coaching, um, in my broadcasting career is the passion and the energy, uh, alongside the knowledge, obviously that you have to have at the college level, but you really pour into those kids at UW. Um, and it's something that you can tell the players Trust you. They look to you for their your guidance and your opinion.
0: You know it's crazy. That's it crazy that you asked me that. I remember you know uh, being a player, and and folks would always say, "Man, you're gonna be a great coach one day." And as a player, it's like you don't want to hear that because you're still trying to chase your dreams. And, and you got. I, I want to hear people say, "Man, you're gonna be a great NBA player one day." But I would always hear, "You're gonna be a great coach one day," and it, it bothered me then. Uh, but as I started getting older. You know, And I was like, man, I would start putting together these workouts in, in, with the top high school players, top college players, and top NBA players, and they would all come. We would, we would go and top overseas guys. And we would go, you know, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays in, in, in the city. And uh, it just started becoming a passion, you know. And, uh, you know, Coach Dollar at Seattle U was send his top guys over there. And, you know, Coach Romar would send his top guys. And whoever was in town, like pros that were in town, they would hear about it, and they, we'd invite them in and, and it just started becoming a passion and I started loving to do it and uh you know spencer halls and i and I would start doing it you know I was just doing it for free because I loved to do it and uh it's, it it kind of helped with my shift and then obviously i not i never wanted to be you know it was a blessing to, to make money and play overseas, but that wasn't my goal my, I was always a goal driven person. Money was never uh, a reason why I play ball, and I wanted to play at the highest level, which was the NBA. So, you know, the more and more I started getting overseas, being overseas, and you know, I couldn't stop checking those NBA blogs and see who got picked up. And I thought, like, man, that should be me. So, I remember calling Coach Romar and just be like, man, the time is now. You know, I, I'm ready to, you know, transition into the to the other side.
2: Yeah, that overseas grind for, for somebody who, who's never been around it or through it is much more difficult than people would expect. Everybody says they want to do it, but it's another thing to go through it, whether as, a, as an athlete or whether it's with your family. It, it's difficult for sure. And you've made that successful transition to coaching, which has been awesome to see because I'm a Northwest guy. I always pull for, for guys from the Seattle area, the Spokane area, Vancouver, where I'm from, Portland. And it's great to see the success of so many guys. But in particular, I want to talk about Seattle because you mentioned so many different names. You mentioned putting together workouts, open, open gyms with these guys. Seattle is, if you look at it, one of the basketball hotbeds in the country. Um, and you being in the middle of it uh, for so long, what makes guys from the area so good and so prepared to have a successful college career. And then if they're good enough to be really good at the pro level.
0: I think a big reason is the guys who, the guys who are currently pros, they're accessible. Um, They're always back in the community. They're always, they're always uh, working out with the youngsters and it makes it realistic for them. You know, you know, it makes it realistic that man this dude was just walking the same hallways I was walking. You know, you look at, you know, just more recently, you look at DeJounte Murray. He was a senior, and Kevin Porter was a freshman. Okay, so so DeJounte comes and does one year at, at with the University of Washington and goes straight pro, and Kevin Porter's like, whoa, oh, <laughs> we were just in class together. And <laughs> Now DeJounte's back playing with Kevin Porter back at Rainier Beach in the open runs, and Kevin Porter may get a bucket or two, so he starts believing, and he starts saying, man, well, maybe my path can be like his because I'm just as talented. So. You know, when we have that, and, I, and one of the main guys who started that is Jamal Crawford. I think the fact that he would come home every summer and either he'd play pickup with us at UW or he'd be in the community centers, you know, he made, it, he made it believable for all the guys like Aaron Brooks, myself, Brandon Roy, Rodney Stuckey, all the guys that just came after him because we can reach out and touch him or call him or, you know, count on him. So that, 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 I think that is a big reason why we have uh, so many players having success. Go to the next level
2: well it's uh, absolutely a supportive environment but there's also some pretty good rivalries uh one of your good friends one of jamal crawford's good friends david king an assistant coach at, at rainier beach uh was on our podcast recently and i asked him about the beach garfield rivalry uh because i know you guys have a lot of back and forth give me your take on that who's the better program and how much do you support Beach when Garfield's not playing uh, Beach? Well,
0: it's interesting because I did my first two years of high school at Rainier Beach. So I I won a state championship at Rainier Beach. And then, you know, my everybody in my family went to Garfield. Uh, but the area that we lived in at the time was the Rainier Beach district. So my first two years, I ended up going to Rainier Beach and winning a state championship. So I got a lot of love for Rainier Beach. I got a lot of love for Mike Bethea, I think. Mike Mathia and Dave King have, have the toughest job in the Metro League as far as, you know, some of the walks of life that they deal with and in, in, in lives that they have to change on a day-to-day basis. It's not easy. You know, I've been to those halls, and I've seen the kind of the kids that they, they have to reform. Um, as far as programs, you know, uh, Mike Mathia and, and Dave and those guys have done an unbelievable job of building that thing up. You know, Garfield for so long has been – has been out in front as far as, you know, the premier program. But when you go nationally now you speak about, uh, you know, Seattle basketball, everyone brings up Rainier Beach because of all the success they've had. But I think Brandon Roy is, 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 is putting Garfield back on the map as far as that goes. I think, you know, he's got, what is that? Three state championships and four years of coaching or something like that. So I think he's well on his way or, Oh, I think he's three for three. So, um, He's well on his way of uh you know, building Garfield back up into that, that powerhouse that it's known to be.
2: Well, and people want to play for success. And mm-hmm. when you're in a program, whether it's a youth program that feeds into Garfield and you you have seen the success before, you, you want to uphold that tradition. And and Brandon, uh we were teammates in the NBA. Um he's a phenomenal guy. He's 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 very uh driven to help the youth in the Seattle from what I've seen and what I've heard. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's fun to watch the trajectory of of that program in addition to Beach, as you mentioned. Um, But I want to jump back to your path as a coach. And you said that kind of when you were towards the end of your playing career and you felt like coaching was a path, you reached out to Lorenzo Romar, um, who I've got tremendous respect for. Uh, Not a lot of people know this. And, Will, you might not know this as well. But um, in high school, he was a head coach at Pepperdine. And that was Mm -hmm. one of my three final schools. And I almost went to Pepperdine because of Coach Romar. Oh, wow. End up going to UW. Things don't work out great. The two schools that I sent a release to, to, to reach out to was Gonzaga and St. Louis. And the head coach at that time was Lorenzo Romar because gotcha. of the relationship that we had developed in the recruiting process. Mm-hmm. So I talked to Lorenzo. I say, Lorenzo, I'm transferring. It wasn't the right spot for me. He said, wow. I, see, I said, the two schools I reached out to Gonzaga in St. Louis. He goes, when are you going to Gonzaga for a visit? I said, I'm going this weekend. He goes, do this. I tell you what, you're going to take your recruiting visit to Gonzaga. I guarantee you it's the perfect fit. You're going to commit on the spot. If you don't, give me a call Monday. I want you to come out the following weekend to St. Louis because I think you'd be a great fit at St. Louis as well. Lo and behold, I went to Gonzaga. Things that worked out extremely well for me. He had a nice run at St. Louis, got back to UW. Uh, which is where he graduated and, and put together a tremendous run there. So that's my little bit uh, of the respect and, and the admiration I have for Coach Romar. But you were done with your career, and you said, Coach, what's the next step? I want to coach. How did that come about, and and what was his reaction and support to you?
0: Well, he always, because he's such a gym rat. I mean, if anybody knows Coach Romar, you know, he, he'll he stay in the gym all day and talk basketball. Like uh, He is a straight basketball dude. There's nothing else. With Coach Rose, it, it's, it's his spirituality and his hope. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so when, it, when it, we would talk all the time in the summertime when I would be home, and I'd be like, I'd be like yeah, Coach, I'm starting to get the bug. Coach, he would always tell me, you know, when the time is right, you'll know, he, he, but he, he'd say, play basketball as long as possible because when you stop, you can't go back to playing. When, you, when you're done, you're done. And I would, and you know, when you, when you hear that, you just be like, okay, like I know I, I'm to I coach. But when, it, when I finally said it the last time, he was like, it's a, it, it was a little different. He was like, you sound more serious about it. He was like, when you come home, let's talk. And unfortunately, I, I hadn't finished. I had like maybe like 16 credits left in school because I, I had left early to do all those NBA workouts. I had, I, mean, I had like 17, 18 NBA workouts. So it was kind of impossible to continue class. Um, so he was like, you got to finish school. Um, and then when you finish school, we'll put you on the, we'll put you on the staff at, in, uh, December. But what happened was, um, the AD at the time, Scott Woodwork, uh, when it was brought up to him that, you know, that it was a chance for me to join the staff, he was, he was, uh, he was for it. So, um, they hired me. I'll finish school that year, uh, that I finished school by, what like, November. Um, but I was able to coach in it. From there, it's been – everything's been – it's been great. But like you said, he's an unbelievable man. He, you know, he's never missed one of our weddings, childbirths. And this is me personally, and I know he's done this for everybody else that was on our team. You know, because they all been like, man, well, I remember my, my daughter was born and I went home to uh, – I went home to, to feed the dog and get the dog, you know, taken care of. And then I come back to the hospital. It's maybe like I was probably gone for like an hour. And my wife was like, uh, you know, of course, Romar just left him and his wife. I was like, dang, like, how, how does he know this stuff? So <laughs> he's, that dude is just unbelievable. He's an unbelievable mentor. Um, you know, every, everybody you hear talk about him has the utmost respect for him because he does things the right way. Uh, he doesn't cut corners. Um, he He's what you would want, you know, your child, your son to grow up and be like. So, you know, I try to model, you know, some of the things, my beliefs, how he did, you know, he, he's had a lot of success in that way, and he's got a lot of respect. So you try to follow those kind of people's footsteps.
2: Well, he's a tremendous role model and, and mentor, I'm sure, for anybody who's been on a staff with him while he's in charge. Unfortunately, a couple of years in, uh, he had to, he was let go by University of Washington. Mm-hmm. He's now doing a tremendous job uh, turning around the Pepperdine program. But Coach Mike Hopkins comes in from from Syracuse. You were able to to stay on staff and start to build a, a new trajectory in a in a new vision for the UW basketball program. You guys have done a really nice job. What are some of the strengths of Coach Hopkins in, in your eyes as you see him building the Husky back program back into national prominence?
0: I think Coach Hopkins is. Uh, I think his, one of his biggest biggest gifts is he is passionate. He cares. He's authentic, uh, and when you when you have those when you have all of those traits, it's so easy to get behind and follow and want to play hard for. Um, and I think he's and and it's real. You know, it's not it's it comes from a real place. I think he's got a pure pure heart. I mean, the guy to take his coat off, you know, for you or give you his last if he had to. And I think the kids can see that and they can feel that. Um, And you know he's waited his turn, and he's you know he very loyal to a program for twenty something years, and I'm sure he had plenty of job offers when he stayed loyal, you know, and he was going to take that program over, and he just felt the time was right, and uh, we're so grateful to have him here in Seattle, Um, and and he's done an unbelievable job in his in his first you know three years of coaching here. You know, first year we we uh, we took a a ten win team and went to the NIT. I think we won twenty one games, and then the next year. We you know we won the conference with two or three weeks left. You know this year was this year was was a tough year for us because we were really really young and we and we learned a lot this year. I mean we we lost one of our better players, uh, which happened to be the quarterback of our team, Quade Green. And we were forced to you know learn on the fly, uh, not really having a, a a point guard you know that Coach Hop was that Coach Hop you know had in the fold the whole year. Um, but we learned our lesson, and, and we, we 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 took notes, and now we, we're prepared to you know go back at this thing again. But he's been unbelievable. He's been, he's just how open he is to learning, how open he is to uh, communicate with with the community and learn the community, uh, learn AAU programs around here. You know, he he's just a fresh a breath of fresh air, and uh, I think Husky fans have 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 uh, grown to love him. You
2: know, two of the words that you used to describe him were passion and, and a pure heart. And yeah, I've talked to him on a on a few occasions with the the broadcasting work that I do I, I do. Um and passion absolutely fits him to a T. I mean he coaches he's he's seems like he's an extension of what's going on, on the court because he's into it. Where a lot of times you'll see some coaches kind of have a laid back uh, attitude towards themselves during the game. But you could tell he's, he's, he's intense, he's passionate, he's fired up, and he's supporting of his guys w- with, with good calls, bad calls, plays, whatever it may be. But you also mentioned the fact that, you know, he waited his turn at Syracuse under Jim Beheim i would imagine and i don't want to put words in your mouth uh but i would imagine a young coach like yourself you're at your alma mater you love where you're at but there's also a part of any competitor uh that wants to be a head coach at any point or at some Mm -hmm. point when they're ready Mm -hmm. um have you given that thought um as to what your career path goals are um and not saying you're trying to fast-forward it in any way because you're in a great spot, I would imagine, at UW, but have you given that much thought about career aspirations? Uh,
0: of course. I mean, I, I think a lot, a lot of people around me, you know, they, they think about it more than I do, to be honest with you. Like, you know, I hear it a lot, man, are you ready? Or, man, you're about to be a head coach soon. I don't really – really, it's not really at the forefront of, of the things that I, I think about on a day-to-day basis. You know, I, I got a five-year-old daughter. She's getting ready to turn six. And I have a nine-year-old son and I'm kind of, I won't say complacent, but I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of steady at watching those guys grow up and, uh, and keeping them in this, in a solid foundation that that I'm comfortable with. And, and then uh, and me personal wise, I want to see my school, you know, I want to take my school to a final four, you know, and that's a big thing for me. Uh, and then, you know, once we can accomplish that, then I, then I'll sit down and I'll reassess everything, but, you know, I've, I've, I've always said when 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 the big man up top is ready for you to have it, you know, he, he'll put you in that right position. So I don't really I'm not really a, a, a guy who, who who's trying to force or looking around like I don't you know, I don't call my agent and ask him for look for jobs and stuff like that. I, I've never done that. Um, I just feel like when his time is right, it'll happen. It'll happen organically.
2: Uh, it's a great uh, way to look at it and there's a couple other coaches in the college level in your same uh, career phase that have said the exact same thing you'll know when it's time and and you know it, it would be tough I'm sure in your position in your shoes it'd be tough to leave UW because of the the history that you have and the connection to the program and the community and the community is so important to you you've got two young kids uh, a lot of your really close friends, um, both in basketball as well as I can imagine off the court or in the Seattle community and area. And obviously, we know there's been a lot of uh, disappointing things going on around our country over the last couple of weeks. And you've had a chance to kind of be at the forefront of, of what was called a community conversation in the Renton area. Um, mm-hmm. Not a lot of athletes or people in a place of position are willing to step out and share things from the heart. But I've had a number of people that have reached out and said, hey, we'll put this together, um, Jamal, Brandon, Isaiah Thomas, Coach Hopkins, a couple other guys that were there. And it was a really good event and, and an opportunity for people to just kind of share experiences and, and try to help people get on the same page. Where did that come from and, and how did you do that?
0: Uh it it came, you know, obviously we all seen the the tragic events that happened, uh, two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, it kind of springboarded off that, unfortunately, but I felt like it was very important for the kids in our community to, uh, hear our voices at a time of crisis. I feel like, uh, you know, we're always there when they, when they triumph in, in their sports, you know, they always see us then, uh, but they needed to see us when they need us the most, and this is right now. And I felt like uh, even with COVID, you know, there's, there's COVID-19 going on and, you know, a lot of parents are losing jobs. And, you know, it's just a lot of, it's just a, it's a lot of hardship going on right now. And they, didn't, they needed to know that we, we were with them. So, you know, I, I, I brought the ideal up to uh, Jamal and, and Alvin Snow and Isaiah. And I said, man, we, needed to, we need to do something. We need to do something now. And they were all for it. it. was just about you know trying to um, abide by the the governor's guidelines with this COVID thing and finding a venue that would host it. We had a couple places that we wanted to that I needed, that I figured out you know we wanted to do it, but you know they, there was some pushback, like because there was some violence going on in the city, and I didn't want I didn't want my thing to, uh, the 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 form to be a protest. I I, I wanted it to be a rally. I wanted it to be an open discussion. I wanted I wanted our youth. To be able to hear and see some of their favorite athletes or entertainers or local uh, community activists, and know that we were going through the same thing they were going through, but also know that we're here for them. And 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 you know, I think the biggest message was we have to learn how to educate you know the next generation so they become young leaders of the of this next world, uh, this next generation, and they needed to hear is you know, we're all say the same thing, but if you hear it from Zach Levine or you hear it from, you know, Brianna Stewart or Jewel Lloyd, it may ring a little bit different, you know, rather than hearing it from your mom. So, you know, I was able to um reach out to a few few connections that I knew, resources that I had and and everyone was on board right away. And we tried to keep it private because I I, I really didn't want, you know, some of the you know the the violent protests or the radicals to, to attend. So you know it kind of came off you know afterwards in hindsight i look back at it you know and i had some you know people who were upset that you know they didn't hear about it till afterwards and and i apologize for that but the reason for that was i just didn't want you know i wanted to keep violence away from the the youth i wanted them to know that you know we we can fight this battle with our brain and not throwing without throwing bricks through windows and stuff like that and know that you know their local their local athletes and their local uh, people that they admire are going through the same thing they're going through and they're here with them so that was kind of the the whole goal of it uh, it was successful we probably had about three 350 400 people out there we gave out uh we gave out masks and we gave out uh hand sanitizers so uh it was a success and 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 uh i think it really helped um inspire the youth to hear it from uh, those voices
2: uh, tremendous, and I, I commend you for that. I think that, uh, from what I had seen and heard online, in different sources, is ex- exactly uh, what you intended it to do. Is it did, and um, thank you for doing that. Obviously, for for the community. Well, last question before I let you go, and it's a little bit of a loaded question. Scorebook Live, Washington. We released um, a we we put together a poll, a voting poll um, through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and on our online platform to for our fans to vote for the best high school basketball player since year 2000. We had some omissions here and there. Um, we made some mistakes uh, in overlooking some guys. Isaiah Thomas ended up winning through a fan vote. Um, but the question I want to ask to you is, who is the best player ever from the state of Washington? Because there are so many good guys, and there's so many different ways that you can take it. But I know you've seen a lot of them up close in person. Um, it's a tough question, but I'm putting you on the spot.
0: <laughs> uh, I think, I think the most talented player who's ever played here is Jamal Crawford by far. I think, um, I think long-term zero weaknesses in his game. I think you would have to go Brandon Roy. Um, man but then you know Michael Porter came here for one year and I never seen nothing like that so you know, that was that was pretty crazy so I I would say you know it's that's a hard man that's very hard <laughs> it's very hard because you know Doug Rim was unbelievable in high school as well uh but I would I would probably say you know I would probably guys who played high school f- three years here more than just one so that would that would exclude Michael Porter I would probably say I'd probably give it to Jamal or, or, or Brandon Roy, one of those guys. I uh,
2: know uh, you, you can't go wrong with either one. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, T- Jamal is as talented as there's ever been. Uh, Brandon, um, like I said, I was teammates with him in the NBA. Had he not had some uh, injuries, he, he would have been a 10, 12-year, 12 12-time 12 All-Star. Uh, it's no, just easily. Not that he was that good. Um, so, well, we appreciate you sitting down and, and having a conversation with our quarantine series. Wish you and your family nothing but the best of health getting through the the, the finishing stages of COVID-19, which is hopefully going to get, get – we're going to get past this soon. And I wish you and the uh, Washington Huskies nothing but the best. Uh, Thank in you, Dan. Appreciate it, man. All right. Take care. You too.